Good evening, Bear and Bearettes. It is half nine on Sunday evening, so that means it's another edition of the live Jersnet podcast with your host, myself, Colin Armstrong. It's episode 38 of the Jersnet podcast, and unfortunately, we've got yet another sore one to take from our rivals across the road. Uh, so we'll talk about that this evening. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, you can you can comment via the, 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 the comment section on YouTube. Uh, we would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and share it on social media. Uh, and the, the podcast will be available to stream or download after today's live broadcast. So anyone out there who misses it can pick up on it later on in the week. It will be available on Acast, iTunes, uh, YouTube, obviously, CastBox and Stitcher. So it's also, I should I should point out, it is the first anniversary of the Jersnet podcast, but we're a couple of days off. The first edition came out on April the 3rd last year, so this is the closest we'll, we'll be to an anniversary. So uh, happy birthday to us. Uh, joining me tonight on the, the, the podcast, we've got Ross Bennett. How are you doing, Ross? Fan-bloody-tastic. How are you? Yeah. Oh, I can't be asked to want to say, but there we are. Funny <laughs> things. Uh, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. I can't believe it's been a whole year. I know, aye, aye, it's, it's, it's kind of fluent. We seem to talk about more bad things than good things, to be fair, but hey-ho, it's, it's, it's one of those, I suppose. Ah, it's, it, it can be quite cathartic on a night like tonight. <laughs> it can. Uh, and also joining me tonight is John McCallum. How are you, John? Yeah, talking of bad things, I'm here. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> That's livened me up. That's it. Um, I don't know, what can you say? Let's see what we make of tonight. Well, I, I suppose <laughs> exactly. it, was, it, was just, it was just the nature of it that annoyed me, but we'll go into that. But I suppose, you know, we could be doing something worse on a Sunday night. We could be enjoying a pint in the Toby Jug in Glasgow, which I don't know if you've seen the, the images on social media, was attacked by the, the Green Brigade tonight. They're putting chairs through the windows and all that sort of stuff. So at least we're knowing the Toby Jug. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I didn't know that at all. Oh, That's I, I, I good. for it. And, well, what do you expect? I always remember Stephen Clinton saying on one, one of the pods about, about, about Celtic as a club, what, what, do you, what do you expect from a pig other than a grunt? That's a nice I, quote, quote. I'm wondering, yeah. who on earth is Stephen Clinton? Oh, <laughs> who am I thinking? <laughs> That's a shocker. Stevie Clifford. Stevie Clifford. You know Stevie what I'm Clinton, thinking? the guy that's done the cards. You know why I'm thinking Clinton? Because I was in the other day getting a Mother's Day card. That's what it is. You were in there today getting your Mother's Day card? No, I was in there today getting my wife's Mother's Day card. That's even out. worse. How? And you've just admitted that live on the internet. Oh, she knows. She's been married to me for too long to know it doesn't go any other way. She was out with her own mother and I nipped out and picked up the stuff. And I was in Clinton's, so that's where Stevie Clinton comes from. Uh, right, we'll move on to the game then, now that we've got names. I think we should just keep talking about Clinton's, frankly. Stevie, Stevie Clinton. <laughs> get better material there. Yeah, that's shocker of a game today. <laughs> Right, uh, we'll get straight on to the Celtic game. Obviously, really, really frustrating night uh, or afternoon, sorry. I, I can't remember the last time I felt so angry after a game. Yeah, a game of sort of shot ourselves in the foot. We had a real opportunity to go there, especially in the second half. The second half performance, I thought, was, was really impressive, especially when you consider we were down to 10 men. And then Celtic were down to 10 men because of the, the amount of injuries they this, this sustained. And then just, you know, five minutes to go... 
a shocking mistake from Tav, and 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 it's all it's all away again. So we'll go straight into it, uh, Ross. The the starting eleven today, uh, Stevie G elected to go with the same team that beat Celtic uh, in December. Uh, so McCrory started, and Halliday was in for Barisic, although Barisic came back from international duty, injured, obviously. Were you happy with that starting eleven? As you say, it was obviously the starting eleven that beat Celtic back in December. Um, I'm sure you're also aware that it's also the starting eleven that myself, Christine, and Frankie picked on Thursday when we did the preview, uh, the preview pod. Um, so I was I was delighted to see that starting eleven because it's exactly what we discussed. I thought bringing McCrory back into the side gives a wee bit more steel, um, a little bit more defensive uh, surety. Um, I think he's very good at protecting the back four and and. and Generally speaking, today he he kind of did what he had to do. So I was, I was delighted to see him come back in, especially after Kamara, who had started so well in a Rangers jersey, had maybe gone off the boil a wee bit and was maybe culpable for for one or two goals in the last few games. So you know, Andy Halliday as well. And when it comes to his passion and his dedication to this club, we don't even need to mention it anymore because it's it's so evident and it it comes out every time he goes on the jersey. And obviously, it came out at the end of the game today. Uh, for everyone to see his, his passion kind of bubbling over a wee bit there. So, in terms of the starting eleven, I think it's it's what I was hoping to see. It, in my opinion, it gave us the, the the sure strength at the back that that we were looking for. The the creative players out wide, Scott Arfield sitting behind Morelos. Um, it, it was exactly what I wanted to see, and, and unfortunately, it just never came off. John, I'm sure there's a start doing the rounds that's that says that. Up until today, any game that McCrory started, Rangers haven't lost. Is there maybe an argument for him to start more games? There is. I mean, I think he was made a scapegoat when because he played so well in the last Celtic game. I think he was made a scapegoat after the maybe the Kilmarnock defeat. Um, you know, it was him that got dropped. Kamara came in. Kamara did well. I, I was surprised actually to see him start today. I thought Kamara had done enough to to, to keep his place. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's tactical. I don't know if Celtic are quite strong in the air. I don't know if maybe they feel McCrory helps uh, his height and his strength maybe helps a little bit from set pieces uh, or whether they just felt he needed somebody a bit more defensive and uh, somebody who's played in the fixture before because that definitely goes for something. Um, but yeah, I thought McCrory was unlucky to lose his place in the team. Um, I didn't feel he did anything particularly wrong today. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, I, I quite like McCrory, but I quite like Kamara as well, having seen him. Yeah, I, I suppose there is there is a number of players in there, you know, all fighting for a place. But I do, I do feel from a wee bit, you know, any time he comes in, he does a job. And I do sometimes think he could maybe start a wee bit more. So, I mean, the first 10 minutes today, you know, didn't start in the best of ways. Celtic sort of pressed and all the rest of it. Then came the moment, I suppose, but we need to get out of the way. You know, the elephant in the room, We've spoke about him so many times this season. I think we've defended him a lot this season. Ross, the the Morella sending off uh, is a a sending off too far. Is it indefe- indefensible? After it happened, I got a text from a, a pal of mine saying that he hopes Morelos has, has played his last game for Rangers. Um, so, uh, and and there are a few people saying the same thing. You know, he's he's not the only one in that camp. I I disagree. I think that. With Morelos, it, it comes down to a balancing act in terms of what he brings when he's on the park compared to then the disciplinary side of things. It's five red cards this season. We can argue 
um, a couple of them as to whether they were deserved or not. But ultimately, it's it's more indiscipline. It's another indiscretion, and it's going to be at least, I imagine, three games for violent conduct that he's missing for. You know, obviously we're at the tail end of the season, and actually it'll be it'll be quite nice to see Jermaine Defoe get a run in the side, or maybe Kyle Lafferty come back in. Um, but I'm I'm sick of defending him. I'm sick of I'm sick of sticking up for him and saying, yeah, his, his disciplinary record's poor, but he gets riled up by defenders. Defenders are, you know, people like Kirk Broadfoot are always leaving a foot in or trying to wind him up a wee bit. Jeez, oh, oh, it works. It's it's so it's so obvious. It's so obvious. We can we can talk about how Scott Brown has provoked him because you see the camera angle from behind and Scott Brown puts a foot in and kind of rakes his studs down down Morelos' Achilles. So he's provoked him. He's made the first move and Morelos swings an elbow, clocks him in the face, down he goes. It's a red card. It's a red card all day long. The frustrating thing is that raking your studs down someone's foot happens at every single level of this game. It happens if I go and play Sunday League, someone will do that. It, it happens all the way up. You know, Sergio Ramos has built a career out of doing things like this. It happens. You rile the opposition up. You do what you have to do. You have to be streetwise. I see there's a comment on, on the YouTube from Grant saying the players lack a streetwise element. There's, you know, I think that comes down to how you play football, but also what you do off the ball and how you noise up your opposition a wee bit. So Morelos has to understand that people are going to do this to him because he's the leading man at Rangers. He's the Rangers talisman and people want to provoke him because he reacts um, and I'm, I'm sick of defending him and uh, I, I think we'll move him on in the summer for the financial aspect anyway um, days like today make it a little less heartbreaking that he'll go John as, as, as Ross has pointed out there you know Brown definitely you know instigates the whole thing now my, my sort of view in this is it's kind of similar to, to, to Ross's that you know these these things kind of happen. One thing I will disagree with, with Ross is I, I I've watched it a couple of times now. I don't think the contact is one to his face. I think it's nearer his chest, and I don't think it's as bad as it first looked. That said, however, I, it's intent and it's a straight red all day long. You know, Chris Boyd was 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 talking today saying that's why defenders do it to him. Now we've sat here on this pod all year, sort of de- defending Morelos and saying you know he's getting you know, provoked, and he's he, he does get kicked up and down the place. But things like that, you, surely you have to be a bit, you know, box a bit cleverer, I suppose. Uh, I mean, without wanting to play on stereotypes, how did we sign the only South American who won't take a dive? You know, he's, Brown's come in and he's taking his Achilles, as Ross says. You know, go down, go down, clutching it like you've been shot. I mean, he, he has been kicked. Go down, clutching like you've been shot, and suddenly Brown's got a problem because clearly the, the line's been sought. The assistant referee must have seen it. It must have been him that gave the sending off. So he must have seen it. He goes down like that. Suddenly, you know, the pressure's on Brown, but he doesn't. He swings the arm, and you're 100% right. I don't actually think he caught Brown. You know, if he caught him, he caught him very lightly. And, you know, on a Sunday night, just after the game, that annoys me as well. You know what? See if you're going to get sent off for swinging an elbow at Scott Brown, make sure you That's break his nose. I, 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 you know, I mean, take him out the match then. You know, don't tickle him. You get sent off. Yeah, you know, I, this, is, this is probably not the best parental advice, but Scott Brown got three of our players, has probably got three of our players suspended today. I suspect Kent's going to find himself in bother. All of them for having a go at Brown 
And Brown's walked off that part without a mark on him. And frankly, that annoys me. Yeah, so, yeah. can we defend Morelos? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the heat of the moment just now. We're all angry. There's a knee jerk. I sincerely hope that isn't the last time we see Morelos playing for Rangers. You know, if he does get a three-game ban, um, it might be the last time we see him play because there's not that many matches left this season. So, you know, he might struggle to get another game. Um, but I sincerely hope it isn't. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating for all the support because Morelos has taken so much stick from the media this year. And and the vast majority of Rangers fans have been very annoyed by that, have stuck up for him, have pointed out the, the inconsistencies in the stick he gets, have pointed out um, where that stick's been very over the top. And then today you just feel let down. You just think, you know what? We all we all put our neck in the line for you. We all said this is unfair. You're you're targeting this guy, and then you go and do something stupid like that. Yeah. And the, the annoying thing about football in this country is nobody. I've yet to hear anybody criticise Scott Brown for raking Morales' Achilles. Everyone just says, "Yeah, that's the game. That's football." Well, I, I had an argument with us at the start of the season with McKenna. I mean, McKenna done Morelos, you yeah. know, in the, the very first game of the season within the first 10 minutes. Now, McKenna had two nibbles at him. He sort of gave him a dunt, and when he never reacted, he gave him a proper dunt. And then Morelos turns around and kicks him, and Morelos gets sent off. Now, I, I took issue with, the, I can't mind who the pundits were at the time, but they were saying that's part of the game. That's what annoys me. That shouldn't be part of the game. You know, if, if someone's coming into the back of me and giving me a dunt off the ball, that's a booking. If he does it again, it's another booking and he's off. If Scott Brown is walking up behind someone and raking their studs down, down the back of their Achilles, that, that, that that's at least a booking. You know what I mean? And this thing that it's part of the game, that's what pisses me off about this thing. I'm not defending Morelos. You know, he's he's, he's made a, a, a royal arse at the day, to be honest. But you know, there, there are two sides to the story, I think. You know, I think, I think the boy has been targeted this season, both on the park and off it. I think some of the, the comments about him in the media have been way over the top. But, you know, if we think it's been bad recently, wait till you see the next week. They are yeah. going to they're going to go through him this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a dose of liver salts, you know, so... And it's difficult to defend him because what he did today was stupid. That was, um, yeah. I mean, you got to question the coaching. You know, I, I do. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't take this as me having to go, Gerard, as such. But you have to question the coaching. I mean, if Morales keeps making the same mistake, then you have to question the coaching he's getting just now, because something is not sinking in, and it should be. You have an asset. You know, I, I hate to use that word, but he is a huge asset for this club, both in terms of what he can produce for us on the pitch, but what he's worth to the club. So why are our coaching staff not able to get it into his head that, you know, take the dive, go down or, or you know, don't retaliate, go tell Scott Arfield and he'll do it for you later. Yeah. Or, you know, why can we not get that through them? There's, there was a, an interesting interview through the week on Radio 5 that were talking to, I think it was Jermaine Genius or it was someone like that. And he was they were talking about the, the England coaching setup and... England have this uh, attacking coach, a Scottish guy, and he's, a, he's an attacking coach for England. That's his job, is to just coach their forwards. And they were saying, you know, does he think he's made a difference? And they said, well, you saw the 
if you saw the two games that they played there that last week, and I don't often have a tangent here, um, the two games they played through the week, you know, and how good they were going forward. He's got 10 goals in two, two qualifying matches. So he certainly has made a difference because he's working on the tiny little things, just focusing on the little tiny things that make a difference. And you just wonder, you know, what are we doing with Morelis that, you know, what are we, who's working with him? Who's spending time with him? Who's trying to get into his head to say, right, this is what you, in this situation, how can we handle this? Ah, geez, it was frustrating. Well, I mean, I think Gerard, I, I don't know if you if you saw his post-match comments, I, I kind of got the impression that he's kind of starting to lose a bit of patience with him as well now. You know, I, I, again, going back to what I said earlier on, I, I do think some of it's been exaggerated and hyped up a wee bit. But that, I mean, that one today was was so poor. There was two incidents during the game. One one before the game, sorry, that made me think that it kind of comes around to what you're saying, that not just the coaching staff, I think some of the players are trying to drill it into him, not to get involved. Just before the kickoff, Arfield was, was, was talking to him and he pointed to his head. Arfield pointed to his head as if he was saying to Morelos, you know, screw the nut, don't get involved in anything. And after Morelos got sent off, when he was walking off the park, Andy Halliday approached him, and you could see Halliday sort of, it was almost as if he was saying, what happened? And Morelos explained it, and the look in Andy Halliday's face was one, eh, no, look, you've, you've made an arse of this, you've, you've let us down. Uh, so I, I, I do think, I think he's a popular guy in his restaurant in Morelos, but I do think coaching staff and players are saying to him constantly, don't get involved. Screw the nut. And he does get involved. The, the cheapest things, he, he, he gets involved. And it's it's becoming a problem because, you know, it's costing us games and it's costing us points. But Ross, John there spoke about his value to the club in terms of if he, if he moves on. Is this, going to, is this now threatening to impact on that? You know, if someone was maybe, you know, some of the figures, it's between sort of 10 and 20 million. That's the sort of range that people are talking about with Morelos, you know. We're a club that need the money. Does that give a, a buying club leverage to say, look, well, you know what? We'll take him off you. We were going to give you 10 million, but you know, we're a wee bit concerned about his, uh, his disciplinary record, so we'll only give you 7 million. Is this now possibly impacting on any transfer fee we're going to get from? Look, I think it's, it's absolutely a, a concern. Um, watching the game today, when he got sent off, I had two or three different pals from, from down in England who you know don't really follow Scottish football at all texted me saying, "Geez, oh, how many red cards is that for Morelos now?" And it's five red cards, so it's it's a significant stat. Um, so it's it, you know I think when when scouts come to watch him, they'll see the the tenacity, they'll see the natural ability that he has, they'll see the way that he uses his his physicality to great effect in terms of holding up ball, bringing others into play, bullying defences. But it's it's so easy to see how that can kind of go too far with Morelos. So I think it's a it's a valid concern. Um, it, it kind of breaks my heart that we're talking about him in this way because I think we all know that that he's going to be leaving. You know, there's there's probably an 85 percent chance he's moving on in the summer in in my mind. And days like today will make it easier for the club to you know get rid of the sentimental side and just move him on. Um, so it, it breaks my heart that we're talking about him in this way because he's been he's been such a terrific talent for us, and you know he's he's lit up Ibrox in a way that that no one's done for for many years, possibly decades. Um, and and what really saddens me is the fact that I do believe, as as yourself and John have mentioned, I do believe that he's targeted. Um, 
I do believe that he's deliberately provoked because it works. Of course, it works. Um, I do believe that you know people people set out to to rile him up, and and he gets himself drawn into these stupid, stupid situations. Um, and he's got a reputation for it now, and it makes a referee's job very, very easy to say, well, he's he's reacted again. Maybe the referee didn't quite see it, but look, Scott Brown's down there holding his face, and Morelos is walking off looking a wee bit sheepish and angry. It's obvious to tell what's happened. So he's got this reputation because he's being targeted. And it makes me sad that when he does move on, be it this summer or some other time in the future, Morelos is going to be left with a very, very sour taste of Scottish football, and by association, that will probably dampen his feelings for Rangers, which... I find very, very sad because we will have clearly been excellent for his career and I would love for him to look back on his time in Scotland very fondly. Um, but I think the whole toxic atmosphere surrounding Scottish football, in particular around Alfredo Morelos, in terms of players out to get him, referees giving him no protection and the media hounding him from day one. The first day that he got here, he's been hounded by the media um, to you know, disgraceful journalism, not even bordering on racism, but actually drawing comment from anti-racism organisations. There was another article, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was either yesterday or today, um, in which Morelos was referred to as a chimp. And it's, yeah, it, in this that. day and age, yeah. it's, it's just so, it's just so easy. Um, so he's been, he's been, targeted by players, by officials and by the media and he will look back on his time in Scottish football with a bitter taste in his mouth and that really, really upsets me. John, uh, Stephen Gerrard said after the game that, as I said earlier on, it, it feels like Gerrard's starting to, you know, his patience is starting to wear a bit thin uh, where, where Morelos is concerned. He said that he's going to fine Morelos a week's wages and suggest to the board that all that money be paid to the fans who attended the game today, the 850 Rangers fans. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's the right thing to do? He, does, he deserves to get fined because he let his teammates down, he let the club down, he let the support down. So I don't know, no argument there. I'm a little surprised that Gerard went public with it, but I guess Gerard's quite angry as well after that. Um, giving it to the fans is a nice gesture. Um, uh, yeah, well, I believe it was fifty quid to sit in there, and you know the supporters had to turn up like an hour before the kickoff. You know, ah, there was a, the a, a military arrangement. You know, to get them in the ground and out of the ground. Absolute yeah. nonsense. So, yeah, that's uh, a nice gesture. Um, uh, yeah. Gerard has that side to him. He, he has that human side to him. He he comes across as a guy who understands how supporters feel, um, and yeah, I think I don't think Morales could complain about being fined. Right, we'll put Morelos to bed, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the first goal now. We'll, we'll cover it more when we, when we look at the second goal, but it was sort of handed to them on a plate. You know, a very, very sloppy pass from, from Candias. Uh, put Celtic on the attack. Joe Worrell, questionable defending, 1-0. Ross, I mean, how many times are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot like this? A day like today was always going to come down to composure and not making stupid personal mistakes. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, in, in both goals, it's cost us. I feel for Candias, um in a way, because I don't think he's been in great form since the winter break. Um, and I think he's someone who maybe now, he probably needs a, a wee break from the team. He probably needs to be dropped. Um, let someone else come in, change up the system a wee bit, maybe give some youngsters a run around for the end of the season. 
um, and and just reassess with Candias at the end of the season as to where he wants to go, what does he want to do. I think he I think he genuinely enjoys being at the club. So I do feel for him a wee bit because there were plenty of players out there today who made personal mistakes. Um, Tav and Candias were punished for it. I thought McGregor in the first 15 minutes in goal spilled a couple of balls, could have been punished for that. Joe Worrell in the first half, I think he's Maldini, strides out 20 yards and then gives the ball away, could have been punished for that. So, um, you know, Andy Halliday as well in the first five or 10 minutes of ball, trying to clear a ball from his own box, slices it, shanks it 40 yards up into the air and straight back down, could have been punished for that. So uh, I feel for both Tavenier and Candias because their mistakes were punished and they'll be feeling absolutely rotten tonight. But on a day like today, I think it's it's not controversial to say that in certain areas, Celtic have better players than we do. So we had to find a composure, a way to hold the ball without nerves. And I think nerves showed for the first 15 or 20 minutes. Um, there was a lot of adrenaline pumping around. And, and Candias, he just needed to show a wee bit more composure, uh, not to just aimlessly pop the ball back into a crowded, congested area and see what happened. But, you know show show a calmness and, and, and keep his nerve. It's it's difficult because I think on a day like today and actually probably across the whole season, Celtic are not streets ahead of us and I think actually a thirteen point gap is is perhaps uh it it, it it doesn't ring quite true to me. I think if you look at today and if you look at other performances across the season it's been about fine margins. Um, and today was probably a, a, a good summation of our entire season where you know things don't quite go right and it's fine margins and we should have turned some draws into wins, last-minute goals being conceded and this kind of thing. So it's today the, the takeaway that I have from today is personal mistakes cost us this game. But I have to say I feel a lot better tonight than I did towards the tail end of last season when we got beaten uh, 5-1 and 4-0 in quick succession. Because then there was a real gulf in class, and today there, there certainly wasn't. Your man love for Candias runs deep. Eh? My God, that was that was like a, 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 five, a five minute plea on his on his behalf. I just I think he's a, a cracking looking man. Um, <laughs> as a, as a, it's a beard we can all be jealous of. I think no, he, he he loves the club. He loves being in Glasgow. Um, oh, I, I was, I was absolutely devastated when he pissed it about like he done today. Yeah, it was a bad one, and I think uh, his form of late has has been really poor. I thought that the Aberdeen game and the, the, the replay at Ibrox, there was at least four or five occasions when he was in really good positions, he send in a good ball and hit, hit, hit the first man with four of them, and the fifth one he overhit it. So, yeah. The problem is, I think, the problem is, I think someone, I think it might have been Stephen Clinton. Aye. <laughs> Stephen Clifford had said, uh, had said that, you know, he's he's not a 50 games a season player, you know, and he's playing too many games. There's maybe, there's maybe something in that. All I know is he'd, he'd, he's not doing enough to now. And as I, I think I've said this in a previous pod as well, you know, only recently found out he's sort of 30, 31. And I think for a player at that stage of their career, you know, they, they need to be doing... A wee bit more than what he's than what he's given us at the moment. It's uh, it's it's difficult with Candias because I think Stevie's absolutely spot on when he says that we've seen it over the past couple of seasons. We saw it under Pedro and under Murty, and I think we've seen it as well under under Gerard. Is that Candias needs to have a, a solid run in the side, 
And then after 15 or so games, he needs to be removed from the side, put on the bench for three games and regain that hunger. Um, I, I don't know why, but for some players that seems to that seems to work. It seems to be that they need to you know, go hard for 10 to 15 games, then take a wee step back, take a break from the side and then come back at it fresh. And I think with Candace, Candace is on record saying how much he's enjoyed being at Rangers, and you can see over his career he's been he's been thrown around all over the place from Spain to Italy to Turkey, Portugal. Um, he's finally found somewhere that he's you know he, he feels like he fits in and he's he's produced some good football. I don't know quite what's going to happen to him at the end of the season. Well, let's hope for 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 your sake, Ross, that something good happens. You know, Aye, if he moves on, I'm, I'm no supporting Rangers anymore. <laughs> Well, we need you for the pod, so that can happen. So, the second half, we'll, we'll, we'll look at the second half. You know, going at half time, one nothing down. Uh, I, I really feared for us at that stage. You know, obviously down to ten men, one nothing down. I don't think McGregor had a huge amount to do in the first half, but you know, Celtic obviously had most of the possession, causing us problems without actually tearing us open. Uh, second half, I thought we slowly started to come into it. Ross, should we have had a penalty with Tavernier? I wouldn't say should. I'd say we, we could have had a penalty. Um, I, I, screamed I, certainly for it. I, I certainly think it falls into the, I've seen them given. I've seen them yeah. given, exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. You know, it, it, As soon as he went down, I was screaming for it. I was arms up, shouting all sorts of obscenities at the referee and the linesman. But you see it back. They're both jostling each other. Um, I think... If that was twenty yards further back the pitch, we'd have probably had a foul for that. Like well, you say, the case, it's a penalty. I, I know, of course it is uh, on paper. I think I was. I, I think we should we could have had the penalty if that had gone against me. I'd have been unhappy. It's probably the fairest way to say it. Well, I would disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. If I was, if I was, uh, you know, if it was the other way about, as one of those, if it's given, you're you're raging. You know, if it's given against your team, you're raging. If it's given for you, you think it's justified. At the time, I was like you. I was off the couch, screaming at the telly. I was surprised that there wasn't much more made of it. You know, it just seemed to oh, decent penalty claim, sweep that under the carpet. We'll focus on Morelos. Uh, it, it never really got much of a mention in the, uh, the analysis that after the game, which, which sort of surprised me a wee bit. But I, thought, I certainly thought it fell into the... You know, I've seen them given category. I, I wouldn't have been surprised uh, if if we'd got one there. But you know, we kept plugging away. We actually, you know, even though we we're down to ten men, we started to to, to grow in stature in the game. We, we really started to come into it. And then Kent got the equaliser back in it, and you thought game on. And then we really sort of turned the screw a wee bit. That Ryan Jack miss. How is that a turning point in the game for you, Ross? Uh, it's it's not the lad I wanted the ball to fall to. Um, I know he's scored a couple this season, including scoring in December against them. But was it a turning point? I don't know. I don't think we were. I don't think it defined the game. I don't think it hugely changed the game. Um, we were we were so dominant at that point, and we we just needed a wee bit more quality and a wee bit more composure. It's the story. Of the game needed a bit more composure when it counted. Um, I don't I don't know if it was a turning point because I don't think after that point Celtic really. We're on top. It, maybe the game opened up a wee bit more, but uh, no, I don't think we we lost that game at that moment. We did lose it when Tav made his bad pass back. Though, John, coming back to you, 
Now, in recent games, obviously, we've, we've had two today. We've had Candias today and we've had Tav. You know, a couple of weeks ago against Aberdeen, we had Kamara giving the ball away and giving Aberdeen a goal. We had Joel Worrell at Kilmarnock. You know, this has been a... It's, it's been sort of systematic with this Rangers team throughout the whole season. You know, shooting ourselves in the foot. And I think one thing we've all, we've all agreed on this season during the pod is that we're inconsistent. Now, Tavernier, th- th- there's there's a... You know, he was arguably the best player in the park in the second half. But he makes the mistake that, you know, allows Celtic to go on and score the winner. You know, so we're even seeing inconsistency during games. You know, so how do we, how do we fix this, you know... The amount of points that we've dropped. When we won that game in December, that took us levelling points with Celtic. We're now 13 points behind them. 13-point swing in the space of three months. You know, and a lot of those games, the damage has been self-inflicted. You know, the game at Hibs, when we, 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 we thumped them and couldn't and, and couldn't win the game. Obviously, the game at Kilmarnock, the game today. You know, all these things, that the game at Aberdeen that, that put us out the cup, all these self-inflicted injuries. How do, how do we get rid of this? Well, I think this, the type of football that Gerard wants to play means that we will, we will give other teams chances. We encourage, I mean, the fact he gave Tav the captaincy told us that Tav is one of his first picks. Now, anybody who's watched him over the last couple of seasons knows that defensively he makes mistakes. Going forward, he's fantastic. Going forward, he's as good a fullback as, you know, I mean, drawn into hyperbole here, but you know, he is an excellent fullback going forward. He is an average fullback defensively. And and frankly that's why he's, he's playing in the Scottish League and not at a higher um, higher level. Because he's got it going forward, he doesn't have it defensively. So uh, Gerard knows that the type of football Gerard wants to play means that he encourages our players to take chances, to pass the ball. You he- keep hearing Gerard saying be brave, I want the players to be brave on the ball. You do that, you make, you will give other teams chances. There will be a straight pass. And and the only way to combat that is to score more than them. And that, that sounds daft, but our problem this our problem since the turn of the year is that we have not been scoring goals. Um, and if we could turn the possession we have in every single match into chances, and if we could turn a better percentage of those chances into goals, it wouldn't matter if we gave other teams chances, because we'd still be beating them. And and for me today, particularly the second half, the first half, no, the first half Celtic, you know, I listened to I listened to the podcast through the week, and I think it was Christine, maybe even Ross. Um, was, was that a good was, point that was made? Well, what the well, it must have been Christine then, yeah. Must have been Christine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How predictable was that, Pat? <laughs> Jeez, oh. As predictable You two texting each other before the show going, right, I'll set you up here. <laughs> but the point I was going to make was somebody had said, well, whatever happens, it won't be 5-0 this time. Celtic won't beat us 5-0. And I had that in my head at half time because I thought, you know what, they could hammer us a second half. Depending how we come out in the second half, they've won up, they've got 10 men, they're at home, you know, they, this could be horrible. And it wasn't, and, and you know, our possession stats in the second half were very good. You know, I know we had to take the game to them. I know, you know, in the end, we needed to get something at the game today. Um, I thought all was okay for them. Uh, it wasn't really any good for us. But we need to start, we need to start scoring more goals, simple as that. I don't think they're, going to, they're never going to stop Tav from making that kind of mistake. 
Um, it's the way we play football. And as such, we have to be able to score more goals or else we just need to sign better players. Um, I don't see us signing... Um, I, 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 we're not going to sign 11 better players this summer. So we just need to start taking our chances um, because we do create them and we just don't take enough of them. I think the, the, the Tav debate is, is something that's been going on for probably two and a half, three years now. Um, and it's kind of being borne out live in front of us in the comments of this YouTube stream. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that like, as it's, well, actually. It's, it's a really, really difficult one um, because obviously we're moving in a, a modern style of football where your fullback has to be a goal threat and, and contributing with assists and he does that really well. Uh, I, in, my, in my opinion, there's more important areas to replace first. Someone's mentioned there that it would be good to see the American Matt Poster get a go. Um, and with what six game, five, six games left of the season, we're, we're now no one in any silverware, it's, it's probably not a bad time to, to see him thrown in. I think Tab's one of these players that you don't appreciate what he does until he's not there. Yeah. And you take him out of that team for a couple of games and folk will be very quick wanting him back. I, I mean, I, I, I think the, 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 you, the point you made earlier on, John, you know, going forward, he does offer a lot. There is, there's undoubtedly that inconsistency in his game, though, and he has a wee bit suspect defensively at times. There was a couple of times today, just be his positioning, you know, there was a couple of chances in the second half, you know, where he was positioned, he was allowing Celtic to to basically play an acute ball between the centre-back and, and himself. You know, you know, even if he's just a yard, there was one, Arfield was slightly to his right, so the man on that side was covered. Tav could have taken a, a, a step, step or two to the left, but he never done that, and I, I can't remember who who got put through. But it was right between Goldson and Tavernier, and you're just looking at Tavernier's position and thinking, if you're a couple of yards to the left, that ball doesn't go through. You've got extra cover on the right hand side with, with Arfield there. You know, just just wee things like that that sort of undermine all the good work that he does. But I think you make a good point in terms of he's one of the ones if he went. I think you would maybe notice that he wasn't there anymore, you know. So as it's one of those. Uh, moving on to the the final whistle, uh, well not the final whistle. Just after Celtic got the the second goal, there was a wee incident with with, with, with Ryan Kent and Scott Brown. Uh, what did you make of that, John? Well, I'm disappointed he didn't knock him down because I think he's going to get he's going to get into ball for it. Um, Brown again gets in their heads, um, and he learned that from Lennon, who had. You know, whatever you thought of Neil Lennon as a football player, Neil Lennon got into the faces and into the heads of the opposition, and Scott Brown does exactly the same, and and we let him. And he, as I said earlier on, he's got three of our players. He's got two of them sent off, and he's got one that will almost certainly get some retrospective type ban. Um, and that's a lack of professionalism. I mean, I bet you, you know, the bit at the start there said, you know, I wish you'd, you know, you know, if you're going to get, if you're going to get you absolutely but at the same time that's us as fans you know professional football players they should be cannier they should be savvier than that god almighty everybody knows that's what scott brown's going to do it's all scott brown can do these days but he's 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 no other use to that team so it frustrates me it annoys me um you know it's a lack of experience you know, Morelos and and Kent are both young players. Um, you wonder where you know there should be savvier guys in our team just now who should be 
you know, trying to make sure that doesn't happen. And it, the thing about it is, if you know Scott Brown's going to do that, then one of the older guys, you know, take Scott Brown out. We managed to do that at Ibrox. You know, Scott Brown contributed nothing to that game. And I don't quite understand why we couldn't do that today. I don't understand what changed today. But, uh, you know, whatever you think of Scott Brown, um, and, and you just hope nothing but bad things befall him over the next few weeks, because, you know, he, he was, you know, he, he, he was everything that is wrong with professional football today. Um, but at the same time, he won them that game, in my opinion. You know, he was, you know, he was as influential in that game as either of their scorers. Uh, and he did that by getting into our players' heads, getting into their faces, goading us, and, and we rose to it. And you have to say that shows a lack of professionalism on our part. Um, and whilst that's a horrible thing to admit, and whilst it's, it's not something you want to, you, you don't want to give that credit in football. Unfortunately, every team needs a player or players who are capable of, of stopping the opposition's good players. And Kent and Morales are two biggest attacking threats. Um, he he get into their heads, and uh, you know you have to say that's that's something that we need to fix because uh, you know if you can nullify that in Brown, then he's a passenger for that Celtic team because he yeah, contributes yeah. nothing else. There was also an incident, Ross, at the end with Scott Brown. Now I kind of get where John's coming. You know our players need to you know be a bit more professional, and they, they need to be able to. Be a bit more street savvy and, and all that kind of stuff when it comes to Scott Brown. Uh, Stephen Gerrard's after match comments, he seemed to be sticking up for Andy Halliday in this. You know, the minute the final whistle went, there were obviously a, there was an incident in the, the previous game in September at Celtic Park. You know, there was a lap of honour, they, they went past the Rangers support, there was, there was, there was a bit of an incident, there was some crushing and all the rest of it. Now, after that, the, you know, the, they were instructed, the, the two clubs were instructed, you know, not to do a lap of honour and all the rest of it. The final whistle goes today. Scott Brown immediately makes a beeline for the 850 Rangers supporters in the crowd. Andy Halliday takes offence to that and challenges them. As I said, Stevie G was quite critical of Scott Brown and his after-match comments. What, what were your views on that incident? Look, it's um, there's a, there's a few different things to pick on there. There's the the lap of honour thing and Scott Brown heading straight to our fans, which there's probably nothing better to show the difference between what Rangers represents and what Celtic represents, in that when we won our game in December at home, we celebrated with each other, and we celebrated with our own fans, um, and we never we never bothered the, the 800 in the corner. And then when the final whistle goes today, Scott Brown doesn't want to celebrate with his own players, celebrate with his own fans. All he wants to do is wind up because he's a wind-up merchant. Because as John kind of alluded to before, we, we showed in December that Scott Brown's finished as a footballer, so the only way he can influence a game is by noising folk up. So there's that, and then the, the lap of honour thing, how they you know they can get away with it because ugh, who's going to stop them? What the, poli the police aren't going to come on and arrest them for walking about the pitch. So you know, in, in a way, they're kind of untouchable. Um. In terms of then Andy Halliday going over and standing up for us, that's that's what he's done. Is he stood up for the fans because the fans, if if they launch on the pitch and attack Scott Brown, that's us finished. You know that's that's point deductions, that's closed door stadium, that's that's all sorts. So Andy Halliday protects us and stands up for Rangers fans, stands up for his teammates, and stands up for this club, which is exactly what we need. 
because for too too many years now we've signed players who do not represent Rangers. We've signed players who play for Rangers but are not Rangers. And Andy Halliday today has shown more desire and more heart than anyone else over the past few years. Because can you imagine Joe Dodu doing that? Can you imagine Rob Kiernan having a word with Scott Brown like that? Can you imagine Eduardo Herrera doing that? It will not happen. So in a way, I am I'm full of admiration and, and gratitude for Andy Halliday for sticking up. And he'll be he'll be hammered for it in the press and he'll get a disciplinary sanction and he'll miss games and it it doesn't matter. Because today he, he stood up and protected his team, his teammates and the fans. And I think actually that's what we needed. John, uh, Ross is saying there, you know, what, what were Police Scotland supposed to do? But, you know, I distinctly remember that Police Scotland announced, you know, after the previous game in September, that lap of honours were a no-go. You know, they, they'd contributed to the problems that had happened that day and they'd instructed both clubs not to indulge in it. And as Ross also pointed out there, Rangers didn't indulge in it in December when we won our game. You know, players celebrated sort of in the centre circle, you know, maybe over towards uh, the, the governing stand where I was sort of seated that day. You know, some of them came over to us. But there was no lap of honour. There was certainly no beeline to, to the 850 in the corner. You know, so if Police Scotland are instructing both clubs, no lap of honour, guys. Let's be sensible about this. How, how are they getting away with this as a club? Well, I, I don't know how they get away with it. But they do, and I suspect they'll get away with it again. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next few days you start to see some fallout from this. Um, I know, but it will be fallout. It will be both sides. It will be both clubs. It will not be one club only. Um, I suspect you'll start to hear. It wouldn't surprise me if some MSPs come out to condemn the ugly scenes and, and, and that kind of stuff. But it will be... Uh, I think Halliday might find himself in a bit of bother for that, um, even well, though yeah, I, I agree with everything Ross said there. Well, he's, he's already received a red card. He received a red card in the tunnel. Aye, but I could see perhaps folk maybe making more of the fact that he was confronting people at the end of the, at the final whistle, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know how they get away with it. Um, I really don't. I mean, the, the thing with the Brown and Gilbert and, and, and support, you know, it's one thing getting in the players' heads. That's that's the game. When the final whistle blows, you know, the man, you know, he's just won the league. I mean, let's be honest. They've, they've just won the league. We're not catching them now. Um, today was the game that still got, you know, go and celebrate with your own supporters. You know, go and, you know, fight. You, you won the game. Go, go and have your fun. Why he would want to go to our supporters, I don't know. Beyond me. Absolutely beyond me. Um, and... I don't know how they keep getting away with it, Colin, I really don't, um, but they do, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, that's, that's just, it's the mentality in there just now is, is that way. Um, I don't know what we do about it. I mean, the only thing you can do about it is beat them, but bloody hell, can you imagine what it would have been like if we'd beaten them? You know, can you imagine how he'd have reacted if we'd won? So, you know, if that's what they like when they win, um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I think they've got people scared. I think folk are quite quite scared to take them on um, on on things like that. Uh, so uh, I think we just have to suck it up, mate. I don't see that changing. So Ross, would you agree with John there? I mean, there was other there was another incident today as well when Celtic scored the opening goal. You know, 
a, a fair amount of the Green Brigade ended up on the park celebrating. So, do we expect any retrospective action getting taken against Celtic here, or are they are they going to walk at it? No, I think I, I don't see any action at all. Um, it's the same the same fans that called us embarrassing, called us rednecks for for celebrating a last minute winner. Um, they celebrate a goal after 20 minutes against a team that allegedly has only existed for six years. Yeah. They then listen to our podcasts on the Sunday evening as well. So, uh, Have you seen Lisbon 69? Aye, aye. Yeah. Yes, aye. How are you well, doing, mate? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming he's known a Toby Jug having a pint. Let's aye, right. exactly. I mean, we're all listening to a Celtic podcast tomorrow night, right? No, no, we're aye, all on. Oh, <laughs> no, look, there'll be, of course there'll be no retrospective action. No, I mean, I'd, uh, I... I their fans invade the pitch. It's I'm I'm no I'm no a supporter of of when we do that. I think it it can be needless and and just gives a wee bit of ammunition. But to to be so vocal and criticise us when we do it to then do it after a twenty minute goal, it's just it's it's stupid. It, um, no, there'll, of course there'll be no retrospective action, especially because of the well known links between the compliance officer and Celtic Football Club. Would that be a link through Harper McLeod? Uh, well, if if you believe the very, very, very loud rumours. Mm, they are quite loud, those rumours, aren't they? Aye, aye. Anyway, right. We'll put that we'll put today's game to bed. Uh, conscious of time, we're into the sort of last ten minutes of the show. So just we'll before be... you put that to bed, can I just say one thing about today? No. I'm clutching <laughs> I'm clutching for a silver lining. Go on then. Give us it, give and it. I think my silver lining today is I think that's probably got Lennon the job. Oh, absolutely! And I well, think yeah, that yeah. potentially, I think that is, is a if he gets it, I think that's a good thing for Rangers because I I do not think that that is not the same Celtic team that was there last season. Um, you know, that's not a Celtic team that strikes fear into you. That's a, you know they keep winning, um, but and you, and as Ross said, they have got better players than us, and particularly going forward, I think they've got better players than us just now. Um, but I, I would be I'd be comfortable. Facing that that Celtic team next season um, with with Neil Lennon in, in charge, I, I don't think Lennon's got it, I mean, uh, I, I, and that's my silver lining from today. I also think there's an argument to say that you know, you know, when Brendan Rodgers was there, you know, Celtic were obviously paying through the nose in terms of his salary, and you know, they would maybe be a wee bit more flamboyant with some of their signings. You know, they spent nine million on Edward. I don't think any other manager is going to get that. I think I mean Celtic done this a few years ago when they brought in Martin O'Neill. You know they spent quite big for two or three seasons and then reined it back in again. And I think Celtic might be in a period of you know what we'll just rein in the spending a wee bit. I, don't, I certainly don't think you know in terms of salary Neil Lennon won't be on anything near what what Brendan Rodgers would be on. And I don't think he would be trusted with you know a similar budget. I think he would. He would you know, I think I think Celtic. I'm, I'm not going to say they're skint. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't think, you know, there's still that biscuit tin mentality. I think Peter Law thinks that he could win ten in a row without spending a huge amount of money. I think he thinks Neil Lennon could do it for him. So you might have a point there, John. You know, because Celtic have. You know, everyone says, oh, you know, they've scored last minute goals and all the rest. Of it. That's a sign of a winning team. But it's also a sign of a team that's struggling to win games. You know, if you if you look at you know the Hearts game, last minute winner there. Dundee a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kilmarnock as well. They got a last-minute winner there. You know, there's like six points straight away. You know that they were they were about to drop and just pull them back. Maybe with an inferior manager there, 
that you know those points might slip through their fingers in the future. So a good point, John. I'll take that on board. It was it was yeah, well the, worth the, the straws there, Colin. Let's clutch yeah. them. It was well worth not putting it to bed. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you were right to continue the, the 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 conversation. Right, we'll move on to the Hearts game now. Obviously, it's a big game now. Hearts not in the best of form at the moment. I was having a wee look at the form today. I think they've only won two games in the last six. Obviously, Morelos will be suspended. Halliday will be suspended. Kent will possibly be suspended. You know, at the moment, guys, we're, we're six points ahead of Cali, eight ahead of Aberdeen. Ross, we need to secure second place this season. We can't have another season where we don't finish second, surely. No, absolutely. We we do need to finish second. Um, in terms of what it actually gets us, it gets us pride. Um, it gets us a wee bit extra money compared to third, and it gets us a, a slightly longer, i.e. two weeks longer break in the summer if we didn't have to go into that first qualifying round of the Europa League, I believe. Um, but yeah, no, a club of our size, stature, wage bill, prestige we, we should not be accepting finishing third um so yeah I, we absolutely have to finish second this the season's gone in terms of winning the league but um and and, and winning the cups as well you know all silverware is off the table so have a bit of pride show that you're you know that there are some players who now will be playing for their futures at the club um players such as steve davis Possibly your, you know, Gareth McCauley, people like that, John Flanagan, perhaps. So these players need to step up. Um, there'll be, there will be injuries, there will be suspensions in the running. Um, Jermaine Defoe has now got an, a, a wonderful opportunity to show why he was brought up here to show the, the skills that made him one of England's all-time leading goal scorers. Um, so there's opportunities there for players to to really grab it and show what they can do and impress the management team to show that they deserve to be here next season and be in his plans. Um, but but yeah, you're absolutely right. Second place is is a must, and I don't think. Obviously, we're still in a rebuilding project. Um, considering what happened to us, of course we are. But I don't think the fans are going to accept a third season of third place. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I, I, I think we we need to get second spot this this, this season. It's it's uh, unacceptable, you know. It's unacceptable not getting first place to be honest with you. But we are where we are at the moment, so. You know, I think the very least we should expect is is, is runners up. That said, however, John, you know, March has been a horrible month for us. We've, we've not won a game in March. Our last one was in February against Dundee. Are we in danger of this season falling to bits? Because technically speaking, this is how I view it anyway, the, the, the split is the, the hardest part of the season because you're playing the top six, you're playing one of the top six sides every week. You know, you've not got, a, all right, well, we've got, you know, Livingston away next week or whatever. You know, there's no sort of fixtures that you look at, you think, oh, well, that's three points, we'll be fine. You know, it's, it's the top six sides for the last sort of five games of the this, this season. It's, and the way it's been going, it'll be in danger of this, the whole season just crumbling away. Yes, it, there is a danger because it, this will depend on our mentality and on Wednesday night. Um, we're, you assume Flanagan's going to come in uh, and, and play at fullback. Um, I'd love to see Lafferty get on. I mean, I, I, Lafferty's been a huge disappointment this season. I, I was puzzled by his signing, and I've been even more puzzled by it ever since because we, you know, there's, there's some games you think, why, why is he not even in the reckoning for these games? So I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it will. I think we'll be okay. Um, I think we'll bounce back on Wednesday night, actually. Uh, Hearts, like you say, Hearts forms patchy. They did a good result at the weekend. 
Um, but their form is patchy. They've got a lot of injuries. They Smith's out and a few other fairly prominent players for them are out just now. Uh, and I think at, at our end, uh, I think it's, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 yeah, I think from our end, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be okay this season. I don't think we'll get caught by Kilmarnock. We're not going to get caught by Aberdeen. Um, and I actually think us playing against the better teams is, is what we need because we need to we need to do something to, to change the mentality and this will be interesting to see uh, how we do it. So that's my positive. I, I've grafted at some straws with Neil Lennon and I'm now looking to Hearts game and thinking, yep, we're going to put three past them. Um, I'm feeling confident about it. I might have consumed wine on Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fancy Rangers to put three past anybody at the moment. To be honest, with you, John. I know. It is what it is. Uh, Ross, it's Mother, I think we got Motherwell the weekend, isn't it? Motherwell weekend. Motherwell, yeah, that's what I was just yeah. about to say. Uh, that would be an easy game either. They are in good form. No, no, aye, they're they're on a decent run, and we always seem to struggle against them. You know, we we, we threw away the game at Fur Park early on in the season. You know, three one up. I think we were at one stage with three one up. No, we were two one down. Brought it back. That's right. Two one down. Brought it back to three two, and then ah, that's the right. goal right. in the last seconds, a corner kick. Uh, obviously, we gave them a bit of pumping at Ibrox, seven uh, one, I think it was. But I think Motherwell next week is 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 going to be tricky. Ross, how do you feel about the the post split fixtures? Look, it's um, first things first. Apparently, my microphone's playing up. So sorry if this is sounding like a crock of shite. But I think. Uh, <laughs> Is this the YouTube comments? It was at Lisbon sixty-seven. It came back. To... <laughs> no, it's. Um... Was it Christine? I... <laughs> I noticed she was on there earlier. Aye, aye, Guinness stick. No, yeah. look. In terms of the post split, I don't know. Um, it's, I, th- I think the split's a stupid system anyway. I don't know why we persist with it, but we all knew that at the last five or six games of the season, we're going to be playing the best teams in the league. Um, our, our form against the better teams is patchy, to say the least. Um, so, uh, how do I feel about the post-split games? I think it's a good opportunity for us. We should, you know, we're Rangers. We should never be fearing anyone in this league. It's an opportunity for us to show what we can do, show what we're about. Um, I don't know. I, f- I fear that uh, a, a general fear that I have with our team is that we are, you know, we're beatable and we're a scalp. That's quite obtainable. So for teams like Motherwell, they know they're not really ever going to beat Celtic, so they don't put in as much effort against them. But they know they can beat us because we're just a you know one one slight step down from that. So I think I think every team will be looking to to prove themselves against us as as they always do. They raise their game an extra fifteen percent, and that makes things very very difficult for us. Unfortunately, we've we've shown all season how to beat us. We've shown that we are beatable if you sit compact and hit us on the break, and we don't like. We don't like a, a fast striker running at our centre backs, so I think if if teams are smart, then they can exploit that. But it's like I said earlier, it's it's imperative that we stay strong throughout the close se- uh, the, the end of the season and and consolidate second place. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and that feels like a good point to sort of bring things to a close tonight. We've we've run out of time. That's us. We've had an hour of this already. Can you believe that? It feels, it feels like a hell of a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Ross's mic wasn't working, so I couldn't yeah. hear half of what he said. Well, I think I think what made it particularly grueling was the fact that John had had wine. I think that was that was the turning <laughs> point. But anyway, guys, thanks for your contributions tonight. Great stuff on a sort of disappointing day, obviously. 
Uh, so that's all we've got time for on tonight's Jersnet weekly podcast. Another live edition done and dusted. Uh, thanks to Ross and John, as I said. Also a big thanks to Graham, our audio engineer, who always does things, but I don't know quite what. Now that since we've went live, I need to, need to speak to Frankie about this. There'll obviously be a show next week. We've got Harps midweek at Ibrox and Motherwell next Sunday at lunchtime. So there'll be a show out next Sunday. In the meantime, get yourself on to the Jersnet website at www.jersnet.co.uk. Get yourself on the forums there. Lots of good articles. Great stuff on there, guys. Get on there. Trust me, you'll, you'll, you'll not regret it. So that's it for the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Until the next time, thanks for joining us. Thank <laughs> you.